This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Mahachek. I'm so glad you're here. I have so many fun things. Well, not so many. I have a few fun things to talk about today, and I can't wait to get started. But first, I have to give a shout out to the country of China, (laughs) because I was looking at my podcast stats, my analytics, if you will, and I'm always curious about what topics are landing with people the most and, you know, what information you all want to hear. And I happen to notice that China is my top contributor, my top country of downloads. So shout out to Beijing and Shanghai because those two cities downloaded the most of my podcast episodes. In fact, it was almost... Uh, 50% of my downloads come from China, which is pretty awesome. Not something I had ever would have thought, but hey, I would love to know if you happen to be listening from China, I would love to know how you found my podcast. And if you could send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook, whatever you are comfortable using, I just love to know. I'm always curious about where people find the podcast. And I've heard it from a few people that you have we're told about it from friends or family or whatever, which is awesome. But um, but an entire country of China, uh, I would love to know where you all heard my podcast from. So anyways, uh, I thought that was interesting. I thought, I thought I would share. Thank you, China and Beijing and Shanghai for listening. I really appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you for listening as well. So today, I want to talk about a topic that really doesn't get talked about all that much when it comes to nutrition. And it's not going to be the typical, oh, let's talk about protein. Oh, let's talk about fat grams and all of that. It's more of the mindset part of nutrition. And it came about from a presentation I did last week or the week before. I can't remember now. Um, but it came from a, an attendee. And I thought it was so interesting that I needed to share it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go over this on the podcast because a lot of people I think think this, but don't know they think it. And it might be preventing you from making progress on your nutrition. So let me set the scene for you real quick. I was at a presentation. I was talking about uh, healthy cooking and healthy eating and all the things like a nutritionist would. And this young man came up to me and he is about 19, 20, 18, 19, 20 years old, something like that. And he seriously, like with all seriousness, asked me if ramen noodles and fast food were healthy. And I said, no, not not in many regards, but it kind of depends on what you consider healthy. And he stated that he grew up on those foods. And that his uh, family or his parents or his caretakers or whoever, that's what they gave them most of the time because of timing, because of budgets. I didn't ask. But, you know, those are some of the the restraints that a lot of people 
have a lot of barriers people have to healthy eating is the cost and the accessibility and the timing. If you have two parents or two caregivers that are working long hours and can't get to the store, can't get home in time to make dinners, sometimes you have older siblings or cousins making meals for younger siblings or cousins, and that is what they can prepare. So he was legitimately asking in a serious way, in so many words, he was saying, did I screw myself up? because I was eating those foods. And I wholeheartedly said, no, you did not. You ate, which was important. Not everyone gets to eat. So that's one thing. But you are not your food past. You're not your nutritional past. Now, I'll get into it in a second, more of kind of what I told him. But as a sidebar to this whole conversation, I see this more often than I realize. People are kind of stuck or or feel stuck. Stuck is is an illusion, but they feel stuck in their nutritional past. And it can be hard to let go of an identity tied to food. And that's what that is. It's an identity tied to food. Are you a good eater? Are you a bad eater? Are you a vegetable eater? Are you not? Are you vegan? Are you a big appetite eater? You know, all these labels get placed on us at a relatively young age. How often have you heard or maybe said yourself about a child, oh, they don't eat broccoli or, oh, they're a picky eater. You know, that's a label on somebody. And maybe that was a label given to you, but that becomes an identity. And it can be really, really hard if you no longer want to be vegan or if you no longer want to be considered a big eater, a big appetite eater, or maybe that's changed for you in a different phase of life. But now you feel like you have to live up to that label because that's just what your family or what your friends or whoever know you as. Now, I see this a lot, especially in former athletes, especially, and I hate to to stereotype, here's me labeling somebody as an identity, Former football players, I see this a lot, and I'm I'm calling you out specifically because I've had quite a few of them come to me, and it's a lot of unraveling some of that identity tied to being a big appetite football player. When you are in your teens and 20s, you might need additional servings of, you know, potatoes and different two sandwiches and, you know, two burgers and stuff like that. You may need some of that at that phase of life. Then you get labeled as a big eater, a big appetite, right? And that becomes who you think you are. Now, fast forward to somebody in their 40s or 50s or 60s who still has that as their identity, despite the fact their body no longer requires that quantity of nutrition in that way. But the mindset is still around, of course, I always have two sandwiches. I just always do. So it can be really hard to let go of some of those identities. And I want you to understand that that could be limiting you now. Ask yourself, is the way that you look at food, is the way that you look at yourself in relation to food, are any labels tied to you as an eater, whether it's a picky eater, or I've heard a lot of people refer to their kids as like, they eat like a bird, you know, they like pick and choose and, you know, whatever. They're, they're very uh, picky eaters and eat very little. Are you a grazer? You know, all of these labels that get added to us as far as our food patterns go. But it's okay to want to change that. 
it's okay to evolve into a different way of eating. But you have to ask yourself, are your current food identities or labels blocking you from evolving into something else? Now, another way that our, our nutritional past can kind of get in the way of our current goals or our current phase of life or our current situation is by habits, our food habits. They can stick with us from the past, but these too can be changed. I've talked about this a lot in the past couple of episodes. Habits can be changed. Habits are changeable. They're not set in stone. Even if they were, you can break stone. You can change it. It's okay. So I've seen people be, for example, in the habit of coming home, turning on the TV and eating in front of the TV. This is a habit. It's distracted eating and that can lead to things like binges and and um, it can be a trigger for snacking or mindless eating. Is it changeable? Absolutely. I have done this with many, many people. It's absolutely changeable. But recognizing it for what it is. It's not who you are. Even though I've heard people be like, it's just who I am. I'm an evening snacker. It's just who I am. No, that's just your phase of change. That's just your stage of change. You are just not in a stage of change that is ready to attack that and ready to uh, adjust that or modify that in any way. And that's okay. But when you are, just know it's changeable. It's absolutely a habit you can change. All habits are changeable, all of them. So back to the, the, you know, the young man who approached me after the presentation. I told him that it was absolutely okay that he grew up eating the way that he did. That was out of his control. And the fact that he got food at all is amazing. But I also told him that the way he ate in the past got him here. But that doesn't mean it needs to be what gets him there. He has the control to change his food now. And so do you. Now, we tend to attach feelings to our past eating patterns. I may have just struck a nerve with somebody by saying that. But we do. We are emotional beings and we attach feelings to our identity, to our patterns, to our habits. But our eating patterns are just simply what they are. They are what you were. The past, your past nutritional habits are what you were, but they don't have to be what you are now. Now, I talk about nutrition being the foundation for what your body is built from. I often give an example. I've done this in a couple of of seminars and presentations that I show a picture of a rather decrepit and kind of busted apart, falling down house. And I give the the example that our nutrition is our foundation from what you build your body from. And you can't build a strong house on poor quality materials. I want to give a quick example because I'm obsessed with this one house. So there's this one house that I drive past about twice a month or so, depending on which way I'm going. And each time I drive past it, it's this house, it's this old, old, old looking rundown kind of farmhouse in the middle of this town. And every time I drive past it, I'm like, oh, another board just fell. You know, it's one of those. The windows are all busted out of it. The door is boarded shut. 
It's got a porch that has like these giant beams kind of busting down through it. I drove past this morning and an entire side of the upstairs is missing. I don't even know how that's possible, but I'm like <laughs> obsessed with seeing this house slowly fall apart. I don't know why. I'm really just waiting to drive by and see it, that it, it's like completely imploded or it's like busted down and, you know, in a giant heap. I know that'll happen one day and I'm going to be so sad because it's like this progress to destruction. I don't know. It's like a weird... Anyways, so boards are periodically falling off of this house. But I want to ask you, so if, if to my example, nutrition is the foundation that your body's built from. So what if someone came to that decrepit house with new materials and started rebuilding it? Does that house need to be condemned forever? No, it can be livable again. It can be strong again. It just needs the right materials, similar to your diet. If you're feeling run down, if you're feeling like you have pieces falling apart of, on you, what materials do you need to make you feel stronger? What types of foods do you need more or less of to make you feel strong again? Take a good long look. Maybe when you're, you know, at that phase where you're just falling asleep or, or you know, maybe you've just woken up and you're laying there before all the tasks of the day kind of come to mind and a million other thoughts come rolling at you. Do a quick body scan and see where the issues are. What can help support you? I guarantee, I guarantee there's a nutritional component to it somewhere. So this was a shorter episode. I wanted to just kind of share my conversation with that young man who, by the way, uh, I think hopefully took away some inspiration from our conversation and the fact that yes, You've, you ate how you ate growing up. You developed some certain patterns growing up, but all of that is changeable at any point, at any time. You can always make a new decision and you can always make a new choice and you can always set the stage for new habits that you evolve into. That's the whole point. It's not like you are born and then you're handed this instruction manual of how to eat for the rest of your life and you're expected to follow it. No. You go through different phases of life, whether you're an athlete, whether you're, you know, a musical theater, whether you're whatever you are as a student, whether your parents could afford a personal chef or whether you had to scrounge together and buy food from the gas station every day to eat. That doesn't determine the rest of your life, especially when you go through different phases, especially when you, you grow up and maybe you are different circumstances, different environment, different means to food different access, all of the things. Now it's different. You've evolved into a new platform, a new phase of life where you can make different decisions based on what your body now requires. I see this a lot with women going through uh, having babies and I see it a lot with uh, pre-menopause and menopause and post-menopause. All of those are very different and all of those can require different nutrients in different patterns and different habits. And that's okay. If you're still expecting yourself to eat how you did in your 20s when you were a marathon runner, it's going to be different than when you're in your 60s or 70s and you no longer work out. It's going to be different. So same goes for you. Uh, male former athletes who it's okay if you no longer need or want two sandwiches or two burgers or two of whatever's 
you can shed that past identity, that past nutritional identity and that past food identity. And guess what? Yeah, you might get some flack from people who are like, what? You know, Johnny doesn't want two of that anymore. Who cares? Who cares what those people think? It's okay. You can simply say, yeah, man, I've evolved. I'm a new person and I'm feeling great. So anyways, that's, I'll I'll get off my soapbox because so many times people are stuck in old ways based on what other people think. And I want you to know that that is not a good way to live in any regard, but especially when it comes to your nutrition and especially when it comes to the most important thing in your life, your health, it's okay to change for the sake of your health. And you don't need to justify it to anybody. You don't need to have excuses or reasons for anything other than the fact that you want to evolve into a different way of eating. Anyways, off my soapbox now. So to recap, you are not your nutritional past. You are not required to be boxed into a label of how you eat or how you did eat, especially if it was in the way past as a child. You can eat broccoli if you were labeled as somebody who doesn't eat broccoli. You can simply say, yeah, I like it now. Off you go. Cool. So you don't have to be uh, stuck in old beliefs and old patterns around food. At any point, you can change. Even the hardest habit can be changed. I've seen it happen. I've worked with people on it. It can happen. But the, the place to start, and one thing if I could just have you do this week, is simply understand what the issue is. Where are your health issues? If you have them, are you in aches and pains? Are you bloated? Do you have migraines? Do you have resistant weight loss? Do you have high blood pressure now? Do you have any of the conditions or illnesses or ailments that you have? Are you just in pain a lot? Anything that you are suffering with or that is bugging you or that you just don't feel right about, it has a nutritional component in some regard. So what in your mind would help alleviate some of those symptoms and aches and pains and conditions. What nutritional things need to change for you? Is it sugar? Is it caffeine? Is it chemicals in your foods? Is it the types of foods that you're having? Is, are are you sensitive to things like gluten and you're having a lot of gluten? Is it dairy related? A lot of issues come from dairy related things that people don't tie together. So what is it for you that you think you either need more of in your diet, like vegetables, or less of, like maybe sugar or gluten or chemicals? What is it that you think you would help and what are you going to commit to this week? So coming up, I want to just keep you in the loop. So coming up in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking more about some sugar and about sugar in the diet, especially around the holidays and towards the end of the year, it's a big concern for a lot of people. I actually sent out a survey. Many of you may have, have filled it out, which I appreciate. Um, but I sent out a survey to those who uh, receive my emails and I did a post in my Facebook group that asked about what are you most concerned about going heading into the holidays and heading into the new year. And the vast majority of you said sugar and sugary foods and sugar being a problem and being addicted to sugar. So as was the point of sending out that survey, I'm going to be talking more about sugar and about holiday eating and about new year eating and how to kind of navigate that. Um, I'm also going to be having a, uh, a challenge, a nutritional challenge coming up in January. I hate that it starts in January too. It's so stereotypical, but 
it's not going to be January 1st, so that, <laughs> that'll be good. Um, but uh, there will be more information on this. It's going to be around sugar, and it's going to be around how to get rid of sugary uh, cravings and sugary habits. And it's really, really interesting information that I have been researching on sugar addiction and how to reset your palate around sugar. It's awesome. It's so cool. So anyway, so I'm putting together a challenge based on all the research that I'm doing and it's not quite done yet. So it will be out. Uh, I will be starting this in probably mid January, maybe second week in January. I don't want to start the first because I'm coming back from vacation. Um, but that more information to come on that. And I'm also putting together a guide, a guide on uh, how to navigate sugar and sugar cravings around the holidays. It'll be, I'll throw in a couple of, of recipes in there that don't have any sugar or artificial sweeteners or anything like that in there. So you can have that as well. Again, it's not quite ready yet. I'm still piecing it together and putting it together because I want it to be helpful and awesome. But it is all based on the fact that you said that this is what you needed support with. So maybe it wasn't you, but you know, most people who filled out that survey said that this was the biggest concern and that they wanted some extra support with that. So I'm gonna put together a free resource for that. And then I'm gonna put together that uh, challenge. And of course, it's not just some challenge that I just slap in together based on, you know, oh, let's all just cut out everything. No, this is evidence-based from the research that I'm seeing on how to reset your palate around sugar and how to uh, get rid of some of the sugary cravings. So I'm really, really excited about it. It's gonna be awesome. Um, but again, uh, listen in the next uh, couple of weeks, I'll update you on how to sign up for that and how to get that free resource. Um, or if you are in my Facebook group or follow me on social media on Instagram or Facebook, you'll see, I'll post about it when that's available as well. So um, any, any questions or anything that you want me to cover on the podcast, as always, send me an email or DM me on social media. I'm happy to cover the topics that you are most concerned about or that someone in your family is most concerned about. I'm definitely happy to do that or send me a quick question if you feel the need. Um, but I so appreciate you listening. If you found any of this helpful, please send it to a friend or a family member or tell them about the podcast. And I would love, love, love your support in that way. So um, again, reach out if you have questions and have a great rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.